The Biden administration unveils a huge infrastructure plan. Microsoft wins a big contract and is booking holdings a buy. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. It is another day on Wall Street, another day of ups and downs, with the Dow Jones falling 85 points. Meanwhile, the NASDAQ rallying 201 points, S&P 500 up 14 points, Rust 2K up 24, and the VIX continues to drop now at 19.40, down today 0.21 points. Now, taking a look at the overall market today, what are we getting? We got a big bounce in the semiconductors and the tech names. Love to see it. Meanwhile, the financials, the industrials, and, you know, quite a bit of healthcare uh, selling off today. A lot of the more defensive stuff, a lot of the more uh, highly popular investments of the last two to the three weeks selling off. Um, and that could be to a majority of things. But taking a look at the biggest headlines today, we have to talk about the Biden administration unveiling their infrastructure plan. Now, this plan is more than $2 trillion. It's a huge plan. We'll see if it comes to full fruition, but taking a look at the plan, it puts $621 billion in the transportation infrastructure, such as bridges, roads, public transit ports, airports, and electric vehicle development, uh, surprisingly. Uh, it will also inject more than $300 billion into improving drinking water, um, and then more than $300 billion into building and retrofitting affordable housing. Now, there's much more than that. Um, $580 billion to American manufacturing. Uh, and really, the goal of the administration, according to CNBC, is to revamp 20,000 miles, 20,000 miles of roads and highways and repair 10,000 bridges. Now, the proposal calls to build a national network of 500,000 electric vehicle chargers by 2030, according to CNBC, and according to the article, quote, replace 50,000 diesel public transport uh, transit vehicles. So that is uh, very interesting. A lot of big goals there, much more than just those few things from the Biden administration, but a big infrastructure deal. Now, how does this affect us? How does this affect the stock market? Well, there's a lot of names and there's a lot of areas of the market that will probably do well um, given this huge infrastructure plan, especially if it comes to reality um, in those sectors being utilities, industrials, consumer physicals. Um, those names are all going to do well. Some names I just have off the top of my head that fit that description that will probably benefit from this infrastructure plan include CAT, uh, you know, Sunrun, Generac, XPO, um, and there's so many more. Now, shifting away from that infrastructure plan, I'd like to talk about Microsoft real quick. Now, Microsoft, they won a big contract today, and not many people are talking about it. In fact, if you take a look at Microsoft's stock, uh, today it was only up uh, 1.5%. I mean, not an insane amount for the news we got today. Microsoft winning a huge U.S. Army contract for augmented reality headsets. And now that contract is up to $21.9 billion over the next 10 years. It contains 120000 devices based on the Halo Lens headset from Microsoft, and they're going to be going to Army equipment, um, and somehow they're going to be used in the Army. That's pretty cool, impressive stuff coming out of Microsoft, a huge contract, big for the company, um, only boosting the confidence in Microsoft. It's one of the best companies in the world, um, and I think you can buy the stock here at 235 off its highs at 244. I think it's an excellent buy, excellent long-term hold, definitely one to take a look at. Uh, now, taking a look at Ford, uh, Ford slashed production today even further. Uh, this will probably create somewhat of a pullback in Ford stock, 
possibly creating a short-term opportunity. The stock down 1.7% today. If we take a look at Ford, Ford has slashed production at six plants, citing ongoing chip shortages or, or semiconductor shortages. Um, and the autos are a big semiconductor customer, huge semiconductor customer. So when you really take a look at what is going on with the Ford, it is not uncommon in the auto industry currently, but Ford announcing some big production slashes today. Now, Ford previously did say earlier in the year that the shortage would lower its earnings by one to $2.5 billion. So we'll see how that affects the stock. I do think Ford is a solid long-term play here. Um, I think we'll get a lot more upside on their electric vehicle um, releases over the next few years, but it will be interesting to see what happens there. Now, shifting into an individual name that I know a lot of you have been interested about, and we finally got the breakdown on it at runningwiththemoney.com. Go check it out, the full thing with the technical breakdown, but we're going to go through it here on the show. Now, it's booking holdings. A lot of people asking about booking holdings, especially given that the travel industry hasn't been the best in like a year and a half. Uh, and it's brought a lot of companies just like bookings holdings to a complete hold. Now, taking a look at the company booking holdings, uh, dollar sign BKNG or ticker sign BKNG is a leader in the online travel and services industry, providing services in over 220 countries and territories. Now, um, inspecting booking holdings, the company operates through six core brands. So in essence, they operate under six core brand names, and that is bookings.com, Priceline, uh, Agnoa.com, Kayak, Open Table, and rentalcars.com. Now, breaking down the stock price by segment, this is according to Trefus data, Trefus.com. Go check at Trefus on Twitter. Go check Trefus out, by the way. Excellent data. But breaking down booking holding stock and what the price of the stock is based on. Their agency segment accounts for 72.2% of the stock price. Merchant bookings account for 19.2%. Advertising and media, 5.2%. And cash, 3.5%. Now, of recent, travel names have continued the move to the upside, given the economic recovery and loosening travel restrictions, which in turn has led booking holdings on a 7.14% rally over the course of the last three months. Now, digging into the numbers, booking holdings beat Q4 expectations with an EPS of negative 57 cents, better than the EPS analyst consensus estimate of negative $4.28. Now, on a year-over-year basis, the unfortunate part is, is that EPS declined 102.45%. Ouch! And revenues, well, they didn't do much better either, declining 63% year-over-year in Q4 to a weaker $1.2 billion. Now, for comparison, the Q4 2019 total revenues level was $3.339 billion, so not a great performance, and it's not going to get any better going through these earnings. Now, breaking the revenues down by segment for the fourth quarter, agency accounted for $810 million, merchant accounted for $376 million, and advertising and other um, was the final segment and the small segment coming in at $52 million in revenues throughout Q4. Now, furthermore, more. Bookings Holdings reported an unfortunate loss of $165 million, um, and that is representing a huge downside swing from the net income of $1.2 billion in Q4 of 2019. Now, as for operating expenses, total operating expenses declined throughout Q4 to $1.381 billion from $2.167 billion in Q4 of 2019. Around a quarter operating income totaled a loss of $153 million for Q4, much worse than the Q4 2019 operating income of $1.172 billion. Now, shifting into the full year, revenues continued um, to move to the downside, with revenues totaling $6.796 billion in FY 2020, much worse than the FY 2019. 
2019 revenues level of $15.066 billion. So a huge increase in revenues throughout the year 2020, um, all due to the pandemic. Now, as for operating income, Booking Holdings reported a $631 million operating loss for FY2020, much lower than the FY2019 operating income level of $5.345 billion. Overall, earnings, they were negative, and as a result of COVID-19 and a lack of travel, which virtually brought the entire company to a halt. In fact, management noted, unquote, the travel environment continued to challenge, uh, continued to be a challenge throughout the fourth quarter of 2020 and into January 2021, as COVID-19 case counts remained very high and travel restrictions were imposed in many parts of the world, CEO Glenn Fogel said. Now, Fogel went on to note, quote, however, in recent weeks, we have started to see some improvements in booking trends that will continue, uh, that we will continue to monitor. So, so a little bit of positivity at the end there out of Brian, uh, Fogel, Glenn Fogel, uh, their CEO, um, but not terrible. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, the numbers are solid. Total debt, $12 billion. Total liability, $16.9 billion. So roughly $17 billion. But assets totaling $21.874 billion and cash short-term investments totaling $11.063 billion. Not bad there. Now, on a valuation basis, it does trade at a significant premium. A price to earnings of 1,884 times. A forward price to earnings of 24.92 times. A price to sales of 13.74 times. And a price to book of 19.54 times. So overall, it does trade at a significant premium, and we'll get into that uh, further at the end of the breakdown. Now, management, they have been effective, um, but there could always be improvement with a return on equity of 0.94%, return on assets of 0.24%, and a return on invested capital of 0.30%. Now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target of $2,500 per share, representing a 6.81% upside. The high price target is $3,000 per share, representing a 28.18% gain, while the low price target is $1,890 per share, representing a negative 19.24% upside. Now, the big money is quite involved, with 94.35% of booking holdings being owned by institutions. Top holders include the Vanguard Group, BlackRock Institutional Trust, and T. Rowe Price Associates. On a technical basis, um, as I said, you can go get the full technical breakdown of the stock at runningwiththemoney.com. Under the analysis section, you will find the booking holdings um, section uh, breakdown. Uh, Click that and you'll get a technical breakdown along with all of this data completely free. Now, Bank of America, we're going to get into that in a minute, but in short, booking holdings, uh, BKNG is their ticker sign, is a solid travel play. That prior to the pandemic was quite strong. While it does trade at a significant premium, a mix of bullish sediment and solid fundamentals will make it a solid long-term investment for the years to come, especially as travel recovers um, and that travel industry continues to grow. Booking holdings will probably continue to move to the upside just on that positive travel travel sediment. So I like to see that. Now, Bank of America, we're going to break that one down today. It's a double breakdown day. Digging into Bank of America, a lot of people asking about this iconic bank and we're going to get into it. Um, so first thing that know with Bank of America is they do have a dividend, 72 cents, 1.88% yield, not too bad. Now, Bank of America, dollar sign BAC or ticker sign BAC is one of the largest banks in the world, serving small and middle market businesses as well as individual customers throughout a large variety of services, including banking, asset management, investing, and so much more. Now, taking a look at the banking world, Bank of America is the second largest bank in the United States with roughly $2.26 trillion in assets, according to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, other as known as the FDIC. Now, given the recent rally in the financials throughout recent months, Bank of America has moved significantly to the upside, rallying a whopping 27% uh, in just the last three months. Now, 
If we break down Bank of America stock price, according to Travis data, once again, uh, the consumer banking segment makes up 40.4%. The corporations and commercial banking segment makes up 22.5%. The wealth management segment uh, making up 15%. Uh, the sales and trading segment, 14.7%. Advisory and underwriting making up 7.3%. And principal investment and other making up 0.1%. So not a you know badly diversified stock price there. In fact, it's quite diversified. Now digging into the numbers, Bank of America beat Q4 2020 expectations with an EPS of 59 cents, better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of 0.55 cents. Now on a year-over-year basis, EPS did decline 20.27%. Um, and you'll later learn what management attributed this to. Now, revenues unfortunately declined throughout Q4, totaling $20.1 billion for the quarter uh, and representing a 10% decline year over year. Now, if we dig into um, revenues even further, net interest income, or otherwise known as NII, declined by 16% to $10.3 billion. Management noted that the decline in NII was due to much lower interest rates, uh, not only that, but non-interest income declined as well by 4% to $9.8 billion, but the decline was partially offset by investment banking and trading results, mostly due to volatility in the markets. Uh, now, on the flip side, provisions for credit losses decreased to a lower $58 million, representing a solid re reserve release of $828 million. Now, taking a look at at deposits, total deposits increased by $327 billion or 23% to a strong $1.7 trillion throughout Q4. So there's a positive note. Uh, now, book value also improved with Bank of America. Bank of America's book value per common share rose 5% to $28.72 per share, along with an increase in tangible book value per common share rising 6%. So not bad results there. Management noted, quote, during 2020, we witnessed the dramatic effects of the health crisis on the economy and our company's operations, CEO Brian uh, Moehan said. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, the numbers, they were quite solid, not bad. Um, total debt, $450.612 uh, billion. Uh, total liabilities of $2.546703 trillion. Total assets of $2.8 trillion. And a cash short-term investments level of $380. A billion bucks. So overall, not bad numbers there. Now, on a valuation basis, Bank of America, it does trade at a premium, but it's not terrible. Um, a price to earnings of 20.45 times, a forward price to earnings of 13.34 times, a price to sales of 6.24 times, and a price to book of 1.35 times. Meanwhile, the price to cash flow, 14.61 times for all of those, all of you who want to know. Now, management, they've been quite effective as well, um, but they could always improve um, with a return on assets of 0.68% and return on equity of 6.73%. Now, given the numbers, the analysts are mixed with a mean price target of $36.97 per share, representing a 3.5% downside. The high price target is $44 per share, representing a 14.85% upside, while the low price target is $30 per share, representing a negative 21.69% downside. Um, but Bank of America has run quite a bit. Now, the big money is quite involved as well, with 70.51% of Bank of America being owned by institutions. Top holders include Berkshire Hathaway, uh, the Vanguard Group, and BlackRock Institutional Trust. If you know anything, you know that Warren Buffett is a huge Berkshire, uh, not, well, obviously Berkshire Hathaway fan uh, because it's his fund, but he is a huge Bank of America fan and a big-time investor and holder of Bank of America stock. That's why he's the top holder. Now, uh, shifting into and rounding out Bank of America, in short, Bank of America, ticker sign BAC, is a solid long-term investment, as it's one of the largest banks in the U.S., maintains a strong management team, and continues to see long-term 
long-term growth. Now, before we close out the show, that was a lot of information in a very short amount of time, but time is money. And that's why we go fast here at Running With The Money. Now, shifting into the watch list, taking a look at the overall market today, what did we see? Where are opportunities being presented? And if I take a look at the overall market today, those consumer defensive names down, I like them all, your Walmart, your Target, your Dollar General, go check those out, your Procter & Gamble. We take a look, your Lowe's, your Home Depot, your McDonald's, your Starbucks, all of those names, those consumer cyclical names, excellent names. Your Amazon is, you know, up just 1.27% today. Um, It is up, but it's still under $3,100 per share by Amazon, excellent name. We take a look at energy, energy selling off. We took a look at utilities, not doing bad, but they could have done a lot better. The financials selling off like crazy. I think there's still more upside in Wells Fargo. Um, if I were to list my top three banks to buy right now, Wells Fargo, number one, because it's an underdog play in the financial world. I like underdog plays. They're getting their stuff back together. I like that. But JP Morgan, the best of breed. I like it. You can't go wrong with bank, with JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs, an investment bank, an excellent one and definitely one to take a look at. Now, Berkshire Hathaway, um, definitely take a look at that. Get in on some Class B shares falling today. It's an excellent name, excellent stock, excellent portfolio there at Berkshire. Um, and you can't go wrong with that one either. But tech really leading the way today. Now, my deal, even though these tech names, even though, you know, the semiconductors and the software has got a big bounce today, I do think there's some that are still a buy. I think CRM is a smoking buy right now at 211 bucks a share. I don't think if you bought that today, you would be unhappy. And by the end of 2021, I think you'd be very happy. Taiwan Semi, um, also another solid semiconductor name, still, you know, under 120, excellent name, it's pulled back quite a bit, one to take a look at, um, AMD, another solid one, back to 78, but it's still a buy in my book, under 80, um, Micron, you know, there's a lot of solid semiconductor names that have pulled back quite a bit that I think are solid buys. Now, if you take a look at the healthcare sector, which we all want healthcare in our portfolio, especially those huge healthcare names that I don't think are going anywhere anytime soon, AbbVie, J&J, Bristol-Myers, Lilly, all remarkable healthcare companies to take a look at. Um, And then finally, industrials, if we take a look, Honeywell down, 3M down, GE down, all of those names down today, Boeing up, but Raytheon and, you know, Lockheed Martin, also down. L3 Harris, um, I believe, moving to the downside as well. So there's a lot of solid names that you can go check out, um, and I definitely think you should. I see a Disney still at 184. I think Disney is a buy here. I think Disney's going to continue to move to the upside as the recovery continues on, as travel increases, as all these COVID-19 restrictions are let go. On top of on top of their excellent streaming service and all the growth with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and Hulu, I think you are going to see big gains in Disney stock over the next year, and it's definitely one to take a look at. Now, if you take a look sector by sector at, say, the one-week relative performance, we've definitely started to get a bounce here within the past few days, industrial leading the way. But if we take a look at the month, what is down? What's gotten hit the hardest and is still lagging the broader market? And I see communication services, technology, basic materials, consumer statistical names that are going to do excellent. I see healthcare all down on the one-month performance. So definitely something to take a look at there. 
But before we go, I need to ask you one question, and we need to thank our sponsor, and that is Passive. Now, do you ever get tired of constantly keeping your portfolio well-balanced, making calculations all the time, and having to plan multiple trades just to simply rebalance your portfolio? And let's not even talk about these complicated and confusing trading platforms that take forever to learn. Well, I get tired of that stuff, and a company called Passive has made investing even easier than ever. Passive has created Autopilot for your portfolio. The Passive platform allows you to easily manage multiple portfolios, keep your portfolio well-balanced, track performance, and create one-click trades that instantly fix any issues amongst your portfolios. And that's just a few of the many awesome features offered by Passive at Passive.com. Now, go check out Passive's awesome platform and join their investing community completely free or gain access to their awesome management features for just $99 per year. Go give it a try at Passive.com forward slash Luke. Once again, that's Passive.com forward slash Luke to give Passive a try. Link also in the description of the podcast and make your portfolio management a million times easier and less time consuming. And remember, folks, when you are out there investing, trying to find the best of the best stocks and companies to invest in, do the research. Go to runningwiththemoney.com, read a breakdown, and then from that breakdown, do even more research. Figure out what has been going on in the past five years of the company. Are revenues growing constantly? Or, you know, was this just a good year out of five? Determine if the company is truly good. And the breakdowns give you a foundation to build on your research. So definitely go check those out and do your research. If you want a stock broken down, tweet me at Luke Donate on Twitter, and I will try to get to that stock as soon as possible. Thank you for listening to the show, and we will be back Friday to talk about all, um, anything about the market. Easily Profit Trade On. See you then.